Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Nearly half of eligible Californians have gotten at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, according to Governor Gavin Newsom. 24 million doses have been administered so far, and the state is encouraging residents to get the shot through community outreach efforts, mobile clinics, and public service announcements, including what Governor Newsom says is a new Spanish-language campaign emphasizing that vaccines are safe and effective. We are continuing to focus on those outreach efforts because we're opening up this vaccines to everybody doesn't mean we're letting off or letting uh, stepping back from that commitment. 40% of these doses continue to flow towards this equity metric. We talk about that 24 million vaccines, the number that I'm most proud of, though not yet satisfied with, is the 4.84 million that have gone into our most impacted communities in this state. Coronavirus cases have plummeted after a deadly fall and winter surge. About 2,300 Californians are hospitalized with the virus right now. But earlier in the year, that number was 10 times higher. California began offering vaccinations to everyone age 16 and over yesterday. Most counties across the state have been struggling to keep up with the demand for COVID-19 vaccines due to a lack of supply coming from the federal government. But that wasn't the case this week in Fresno County. Joe Prado is a community health division manager with the county and has been leading the vaccination distribution effort there. So we've actually reallocated about 70% of our doses over to other counties um, within the Central Valley and throughout California. And so we just worked with Blue Shield to really allocate those doses. We don't want to be holding on to doses that we don't necessarily need. And Prado says turnout has been low at vaccination sites across the county, leaving them with those extra doses. About a third of Fresno County's population has been vaccinated with at least one dose, which concerns health officials who say that number, combined with the lack of demand, mean not enough people are getting their shots. More than 300,000 COVID-19 cases involve the nation's meatpacking workforce, leading to billions of dollars in economic damage. That, according to a new study from UC Davis, the California Report's Alex Hall has more. The study looked at the impact of large meatpacking plants on the communities where they operate and found that early in the pandemic, counties with large processing facilities had a higher rate of COVID-19 transmission than those that didn't. Researchers also found that when workers were out sick because they got COVID or died from an infection, that resulted in lost wages for them or their families, totaling over $11 billion. This is a very conservative estimate of just lost wages associated with either sickness or death. 
Tina Saitone is a cooperative extension specialist at UC Davis who authored the study. She says the findings are conservative because they don't account for how infections impacted the local economy. Because if individuals are working there and making wages, then they make additional purchases, right? They go out to eat, they, you know, purchase cars and homes and all of these things that would provide indirect stimulus to those communities. According to the study, beef and pork facilities more than doubled per capita infection rates in counties where they operate, while poultry plants increased local transmission by 20 percent. The elevated infection rates in the impacted counties leveled off as time went on. For the California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. California's big utility companies have all said they're doing more to make sure their equipment and power lines don't spark big wildfires. But state utility regulators have voted to take new action against Pacific Gas and Electric after finding the company hasn't done enough. KQD's Dan Brecky reports. As part of a state-mandated wildfire safety plan, PG&E promised the California Public Utilities Commission last year that it would remove dangerous trees from along 1,800 miles of power lines in areas most prone to wildfires. But as CPUC Executive Director Rebecca Peterson told commission members, the utility bypassed the most dangerous parts of its network. The company completed less than 5% of its enhanced vegetation management work on what it had identified as its 20 highest risk power lines. The commission ordered PG&E into an enhanced enforcement process that aims to ensure the company focuses this year's tree work on the most dangerous power lines. PG&E must submit an initial report on its progress in early May. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. And meanwhile, thousands of victims of California wildfires that have been linked to PG&E have received payments totaling more than $141 million from the utility's bankruptcy. In a letter to victims filed this week in U.S. Bankruptcy Court, the Fire Victim Trust says it sent money to more than 7,500 victims of the 2018 campfire, which destroyed the town of Paradise and other wildfires that were caused by PG&E equipment. But the trust warns that the payment process is proceeding at an extremely slow pace, as money has only been sent to a little more than 10% of fire victims so far. These initial payments are geared toward the most vulnerable people who have also been deeply affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles. The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
Do you know what would be great to hear after more than a year of this pandemic? live music with people around us. That's what we could be hearing more of soon as California music venues hope to start welcoming the public back after a more than year-long closure. With Governor Newsom's announcement that he wants the state to fully reopen on June 15th, the live music industry is preparing for what could be a busy second half of 2021. KQED Arts and Culture Associated Editor Nastya Vonovskaya has been talking to venue owners across the Bay Area and says music Music fans may have to wait a little longer. Most venues are in debt from the pandemic and they're waiting for the shuttered venues operator grant that the federal government is offering them. That that grant is accepting applications right now. And a lot of them are also waiting for a second PPP loan so that they can hire back their staff. And of course, there's also the challenge of some of their staff having moved away or even left the industry. And then from the talent booking side, um, a lot of touring acts may wait till things stabilize to book major tours. So it'll take a few months to get things up and running. And a lot of the music venue owners I've interviewed say that they may not have concerts till August or September. Lynn Schwartz is co-owner of Bottom of the Hill in San Francisco. She's being a little more cautious and says many club owners are still worried about safety. It's easy to say, um, well, if it's allowed by by the state and by the city, then surely they know best. But I, then I listen to medical professionals who are screaming in the background, just because something is allowed doesn't necessarily make it good. Schwartz says for now, she has a few shows lined up in August, but is still unsure of an actual opening date for her club. But that's not the case at the famed Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. It's announced plans to hold four free concerts beginning in May for frontline workers, emergency responders, and other essential workers. The bowl plans on launching its regular weekly concert series in July. And now to a preview of our sister show, the California Report magazine. This weekend, it's launching a series to honor some of the more than 60,000 Californians who've died from COVID-19. This week's remembrance is about Eric Warner, the son of Filipino immigrants who was born and raised in San Francisco. Warner died last July in San Quentin prison at the age of 57. Eric's older brother, Hank, brings us this tribute. Having an only brother incarcerated for life leaves a hole in your heart. You long for sibling companionship and guard your secret for fear of shame. Growing up, we collected polywogs after big rains. We adventured new horizons on bikes, imitated major leaguers in the schoolyard. Life was simple. We happily sang along to Don McLean's American Pie, oblivious to the foreshadowing of things to come. By our teenage years, Eric and I drifted in opposite directions. As adults, I only saw him at times of crisis, like when he lost his leg in a tragic car accident, or when I visited him at county jails and hard-to-reach penitentiaries. As he began serving his life sentence, we reconnected through handwritten letters. I committed to helping Eric survive. He needed a life of meaning and purpose. For more than 20 years, 
we talked about spiritual guidance and emotional fulfillment. Like workout partners, we had a regimen for building his mental and emotional strength. Complete transformation came after he graduated from rehabilitation programs. San Quentin's intense workshops gave Eric the tools to conquer his demons. He learned how to live a life of redemption. E, as he was known in the pen, studied law in the prison library. He handled his own appeal and successfully reduced his life sentence. But California's three strikes law, the root problem to over-sentencing and deadly overpopulation, prevented him from ever seeing freedom. His resolve would not be broken. E used his valuable new skills to help hundreds of incarcerated men fight for their legal rights. He became the prison lawyer. Soon after Eric died, I received an overwhelming number of texts and phone messages. Hello, Hank. Uh, this is Miguel Casada. I'm always a friend of your brother Eric. Formerly incarcerated men and prison staffers reached out to express their condolences. All had to let me know how much Eric meant to them. And yeah, I was just calling to say I'm so sorry um, to hear of his passing. And I'd love to just share some of my reflections of who Eric was as a man and just offer my support. Hi, Hank. This is Danny. I'm calling on behalf of your brother, E. He's a, a good friend of mine. And uh, I just wanted to call to connect with you and to see if there's any way that myself and his friends can support you and the family. I couldn't understand what motivated these people to reach out to me. Then it hit me. Eric's life may have been taken by COVID, but his spirit will live on. He left his legacy. You can hear Hank Warner's full tribute to his brother Eric on this week's California Report magazine. Listen on your local station or check out the magazine's podcast. And as we continue to report on the toll of the pandemic, we'd also like to hear from you. Has someone you've loved, who is maybe an essential worker or a member of a vulnerable community, died from COVID-19? Visit kqed.org slash a year of COVID to honor them. And that's the California Report for Friday, April 16th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great weekend. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone, everywhere and California Healthcare Foundation, ensuring the voices of Californians are heard in California's decisions about health care on the web at chcf.org voices. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!